Thanks for being a part of In the Trenches with Dave Lappin, brought to you by First Star Logistics. And once again, it's playoff time, so it's time to visit with Solomon Wilcox, great player for the Cincinnati Bengals, safety extraordinaire, brilliant football mind. He was the quarterback of that secondary that went to Super Bowl 23. He knows of what he speaks. He's done all kinds of broadcast work as well in the National Football League, highly regarded, highly respected. Solomon Wilcox is a great guy to talk to about Bengals football, and we do. We talk to him about the playoff victory against the Buffalo Bills and what has to happen to handle the Kansas City Chiefs. Solomon Wilcox has an opinion, and he says it oh so well. You made a tremendous decision to join us in the trenches with Dave Lappin, brought to you by First Star Logistics, coming to you from our outstanding studios as always, because we have the great, and I do mean the great, Solomon Wilcox joining us as a guest here. Solly, I've known for a long time, uh, coming out of Colorado as a great college football player, was a tremendous football player for the Cincinnati Bengals, was the quarterback of the secondary. Everybody looked to Solly for answers. Solly was a football savant from, from Jump Street, and uh, he, he, was, he was basically the, the organizer and, and, and the guy that put everybody in the right spot back there in the great secondary that the Bengals had that went to Super Bowl 23. And then after the playing days were over, took all that football knowledge and acumen and talent to uh, the broadcast arena and does an unbelievable job. And in fact, I was just listening to Solly uh, this morning uh, and, and learning as I always do. when I listen to Sirius XM NFL radio, Solomon Wilcott's doing his thing and Solly, welcome, man. You're the best. Thank you. Hey, appreciate that that introduction, Dave. You're always very uh, kind and generous. That's why that's why I love coming on with you, man. As soon as you as soon as you text me, can I come on? I you know, I leap at a chance, the opportunity when when time permits. And uh, look, these are I call these the golden years of for for being a Cincinnati Bengal fan. And as a former player, I'm you know, I'm a fan. There's no doubt. Always have been. It's the team that drafted me. I played for three teams in this league, but you know, I always tell people the team that drafted you now, that's the one who believed in you more than any other. So yep. there, there's a sense of loyalty there. You're absolutely right. And, and there's no two ways about that, man. I, I was, uh, I was listening to you guys this morning talking football and, and uh, it seems like on an, on a national basis that the Cincinnati Bengals are garnering more and more respect as things uh, roll on here, I, you know, it's, it's like the Bengals are they're They've done a good job of, of, of finding something to put a chip on their shoulder with that becomes a two by four. But I think more and more people are realizing it's a damn good football team. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like, you know, we're, we're kind of like these disciples, you yourself, me, a boomer, a and a Chris Collinsworth, we're kind of in our corners of the world and we're whispering to people day right. by day. Right. about who Joe Burrow really is and yeah. um, who Joe Mixon as a leader and and, um, and and what kind of coach Zach Taylor is, right? Um, we've got so many variables that people just didn't see coming. Like no one would have, they didn't, they saw what Joe Burrow did at LSU, but they were like, ah, that's college. No way he'll be able to lift this organization from one of the worst to, to one of the first. And we could say worse because he was the first overall pick, right? right? 
Um, they didn't see Lou Anaromo and the genius of what he does defensively. They didn't see that coming. Um, no one knew about Zach Taylor. You know, I I remember when Zach was with uh, Joe Philbin's staff um, in Miami. Yeah. Um, and I remember Lou Anaromo when he was there in Miami. I, yeah. I just liked all the guys. There was a pretty good group of coaches um, with the Miami Dolphins. But I remember him being a – and you know this, you cover – uh, the Big 12, I played in what was the Big 8 at Colorado. Our our arch enemy was Nebraska. Mm-hmm. And uh, while I was, I'm much older than Zach, I just, you know, I watch all the schools in that in that conference. And he was Offensive Player of the Year at Nebraska. Yeah. So, yeah. I, you know, I knew who these guys were and these players. And and I just, you know, um, I, a lot of other people now are finding out that these guys, if you just go back and check where they came from, who they were, a Samaj J.P. Ryan, he still holds the single-game rushing record yeah. in all of college football. Right. 420-plus rushing yards. If you told somebody that, they think you that he that he just started playing football yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> so, right. so I don't know. We're I think we're the word is starting to get out, and uh, it's about time they start listening. So my question, Saul, you mentioned Lou Anarumo. Brian Callahan uh, had an opportunity to interview by Zoom with the Indianapolis Colts earlier this, you know, last week or whatever, uh, or earlier this week, whenever it occurred, whenever he had that chance to hook up. Yeah. Lou Anarumo has yet to have an interview. And and what? why do you think that is? Because I agree with you. Lou Anarumo has done a masterful job of game planning on an every week basis. And the last time the Buffalo Bills were held to 10 points, you have to go back to December of 2021, 25 games ago. You don't hold Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills to 10 points, particularly at home. I don't care if it's a hailstorm and it's a 100-mile-an-hour wind. I mean, Joe Burrow and the, and the Bengals offense handled things. The Buffalo Bills and Josh Allen couldn't because of what Luan Rumo was doing defensively. Oh, there's no doubt. And and Coach Anarumo is he he'll find his spot. And I did, I told him, I said, Can you give us another year? I just, you know, <laughs> I, I know you're gonna end up leaving us, but just yeah. how about another year? You know, <laughs> like yeah. So I'm you know, I'm doing this as much as I want the best for him. And I I do believe it's coming. I need to probably spend more time with some NFL owners because what happens to NFL owners, they they're running a business that they know a lot about at the top level, but not at the granular level. In other words, they know verticals and how to stream revenues. And right. they know, okay, if we're an executive position, I should probably hire this kind of guy because he's bringing in money. But when you're talking about running the like the game of football and the team aspects of what makes the players great because the players are the product, what that, it's so granular that, they lose sight that in the building, other than players, because I really believe that coaches are the really the greatest commodity that our sport has. There's not a single player that we draft, I don't care how good they are, that you just throw them out there with the football and they go do what they do. There's right. not a one. You and I know this. There's not a one. Um, they all need coaching in order to become great. Tom Brady needed it. Joe Burrow needed it. Um, Peyton Manning needed it. I covered a lot of Peyton Manning's uh, games his rookie year. He set a rookie record with 23 interceptions. Might have been 28. <laughs> but you, my point is, 
coaching, it's, it's so important um, because they develop players. They groom the players. They build the teams. They build the culture. They make it into – they take all these wonderful ingredients, but they're the ones who have to bake the cake. And if you look at every – all these owners want offensive coaches, and they don't realize um, – I'm going to give you some names, and they're all defensive guys. They cut their teeth coaching and in, in even to more important degree – the secondary. Yeah. Um, how about, uh, you know, Nick Saban, who I put in as a great coach, no matter what. Sure. But Bill, but Bill Belichick. Yep. Uh, Tom Landry, uh, Tony Dungy, Dick LeBeau. The list goes on and on. And that's I put Lou Anaromo in that in that group. Mm-hmm. He's in that even the great buddy Ryan. The reason why his defenses didn't last and have a long shelf life in the NFL. He built it from front to back. Right, but that's why Dan Marino carved him up on a Monday night game because it wasn't coordinated on the back end. And if you screw it up on the back end, they're doing this. And so Luana Romo is he's he's at the forefront of what is truly the great stuff about our game. And and not only that, he can help build you out a roster. Yeah, he can help you to understand how players have to be multiple, and they've got to be thinkers, right? They got to be smart to be able to do multiple things. So not, we're not just lucky that we come up with these turnovers at critical moments in the game, at the end of games. For weeks on end, we've done it because yeah. he's he's built it to be that way, and the player selection is all part of it. So these owners, they think that just go get a guy that can teach the quarterback and we'll win a bunch of games. I, I'd rather play against those guys, to be honest with you. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. You're right, Lou Anarumo, his defensive football team, yeah. A turnover in the fourth quarter, a takeaway in seven straight games. I mean, when the when it's money time, game on the line, yeah. somebody is making a play. And and you're right with the positionless players, the way he employs all these guys, they got to yeah. be not only talented physically, they they got to have the smarts to be able to handle all that stuff. And man, they are just they're playing at such a a, a high high level. So let me let me ask you, Solly, when you when you watch that football game against the Buffalo Bills. Were you as impressed as I was with how they played a clean game? They played yeah. uh, a complete game, a complimentary game, every yeah. C word, you know, they played with confidence. They, I mean, that football game was about as good as I've seen in a long time. That was great execution and yeah. uh, great game planning and great execution. It was by far their best game of the season. I agree. Wasn't even close. This was – I mean, think about it, 71 plays, um, and they only had two penalties. Yep. They had zero turnovers, two penalties out of right. 71 snaps. Two false that's, starts. Yep. That's right. That's that's near perfection. Yep. And uh, zero turnovers, no fumbles, no interceptions. They Not only had, no, never put it on the ground. It wasn't like fumbled and didn't lose it. Never put it exactly on the ground. exactly right. No fumbles at all. And right. they scored on – they had a 62% – um scoring rate in terms of drive percentage yep they they scored on six of eight possessions the ninth possession didn't count because they took a knee and it was game over right on that ninth Agreed. so yep. on six of eight they scored yep so that's you're talking about clicking and hitting on all cylinders they started off so fast that the buffalo bill i'm talking on both sides of the ball right we we had long sustainable drives scoring touchdowns on each of our first two drives. But when our defense took the field on each of the Bills' first two drives, the Bills go three and out. Yeah. So that's optimal 
with offensive production at the highest level, you know, drive, score, touchdown. Defense go out, pitch a three and out. Offense come back out, goes drive, score, touchdown again. Defense pitch another three and out. In the first quarter, the Buffalo Bills had three offensive plays for less than 10 total yards of offense. Right. Uh, and we were up 14 nothing. And in that moment, because of how we did it in a physical way on offense and physical on defense, we dominated the line of scrimmage on offense. We dominated the line of scrimmage on defense. We literally took their heart. And I'm, you know, it's a lot for me to say that. We snatched the heart right out of that football team. You're right. And it snatched the heart out of the fans, out of the audience. Yep. They were not a factor, and they could have been a factor, considering we were missing three of our five offensive linemen, that if that crowd noise were to reach a crescendo, it could have caused problems for us on offense with our operations. But it took that out of play on the first two drives of the game within the first quarter. Man, offensively, Frank Pollock, the run game coordinator, did such a masterful job. The Bengals rushed for 172 yards and averaging over five yards of carry as a team. And by formation, they got the nickel defensive back in the box as a linebacker. So now they have a smaller guy, and they pull yeah. tackle Adenogy to trap him, kick him out, mixes up the gut for big yardage. They they have Jamar Chase, who's who's a man now. That's a full-grown man. He's yeah. cracking <laughs> on the defensive end. And, I and saw that. Jackson yeah. Carmen's coming around the horn and burying a 250-pound linebacker, just pancaking him. I'm like, man. The schematic, you know, how how they got the the box with defensive backs in the box to stop the run game, and they get that running game going. Now all of a sudden the confidence builds, and they can throw the football easier. And Joe Burrow got it out. It was hot potato, man. The ball was out quick, like we knew it would be. And Joe Burrow gets sacked one time and hit two others. And now when Joe Burrow's been sacked three times or less, Solly, in the last two years, the Bengals are twenty three wins, three losses. That is That's crazy. Right crazy he 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 sees the entire field his mechanics in the pocket are flawless his vision down the field remains constant he's continuing to survey what he's seeing while moving yep. to the open space yep. uh, and he's got great feel in the pocket and what i love about him is something that i remember talking a good friend of mine is the offensive coordinator for the kansas city chiefs and I remember telling him about Patrick Mahomes. He said, you've got to fix this. It's going to become a problem. Um, and a lot of quarterbacks, when they feel pressure, they drift in the pocket. They drift backwards. Well, if you draft, you already started out, what, 10 yards back. Right? If you drift further back, now you're 15 to 20. The ball's got to travel 20 yards before it even crossed the line of scrimmage. I mean, you're right. helping You're helping my coverage, right? It's like – and so you don't want to do that. You What quarterbacks want to do is climb the pocket. You got to yep. press toward the line of scrimmage. Yep. And oftentimes you're going to pop through, even if you do take a sack, it's for a two or three yard loss. Uh, but your vision is down the field. You continue to see the entire field. When you drift to the right or to the left, you literally cut the field in half uh, and you help coverage in that way. The same as if you just drop straight back and keep going back, back and back. It's not going to be conducive for a high completion percentage. So um, Joe Burrow has arrived already having that ingrained in his DNA. Yeah. And that's why he's able to elude, you know, for, despite the less than stellar pass blocking up front, he can raise the level of, of whatever blocking he is getting to be much more efficient, 
much, much more uh, productive because he has all the right fundamentals. And I think that's saying a lot for a guy who's only in his third year in the NFL. I would I would argue to say he hasn't even hit his prime. So if there's this right before him hitting his prime, I say to the rest of the NFL teams, look out. Yeah, I, I, I agree 100,000%. You know, you, you mentioned 71 plays, only two penalties. 71 plays, only two negative plays. Qu- yeah. One quarterback sack and one run that went for a loss. 69 others were positive plays. I mean, that you know, that's, that's unbelievable, the efficiency and the, the execution to get that done. Um, and the two penalties were offensive. Defense played a very physical game, yeah, held them 10 points. No penalties. I mean, no interference, no holding, nothing, zero. That's unbelievable. It is unbelievable. I think it's a testament to coaching. These things don't happen by mistake. Um, The way that um, Zach Taylor, you know, Zach, I I, I love his approach to the game. Um, He's a really sound teacher. He understands that fundamentals is what win games, right? Not the screaming, the hollering, the yelling, just good, sound teaching. You've got to be able to coach situationally. Hey, when we're in this situation, here's what we're going to do. Here's how we need to really even think about it. I mean, just the way that he goes about getting them prepared prepared to play. I mean, they come out smoking and they come out with an intent. They're able to pin um, for themselves. Here's the reason why we're playing this game. Here's the mindset that we have uh, for playing this game and towards our opponent. And here's how we are going to have to play to beat them like that. Like they never waffle in that space, and all fifty-three guys already know uh, this is we're pissed off. Yeah, we're pissed at the league. We're pissed that we were giving it to the Bills. Why are we having to go travel and play them? You know what? Instead of complaining about it, we'll just do it, and yeah. we're going to make sure that there's no room for margin. I mean, that's that's getting your guys ready to play. You and I both know there's an art to that in this league. And if you don't pay attention to that and just hope that guys are going to show up to the ballpark to play uh, every single week just because you're paying them a check, then you're just not paying attention. You and I both know it doesn't happen that way. Right, right. You know, Solly, uh, you talk about uh, the Bills, uh, the trauma that took place obviously on Monday night, but the Bengals did have an offensive drive before it took place. Five plays, 75 yards. Then the first two drives, like you talk about in this game, six plays for 79, 10 plays for 72. Those three drives to start these two football games, only two of them counted, obviously. 21 snaps, 226 yards, more than 10 yards of play for three touchdowns. It's like, boom, boom. They're just destroying them. They're just, they're just like totally taking them apart. I mean, it was. You wonder how that Monday night game was going to end. I think it was going to end very similarly to what we saw in this playoff game, man. They just wow. came out. And now when this team scores first, Solly, they're 10 and 0. 10 and 0 oh, when they yeah, score yeah. first. And when we when we score on that first drive, especially, right? It's like oh, man. you know, because that tells you Joe is seeing it really well. And I think with the more games that he has under his belt, he he sees it well sooner in the game. Um, and there are some teams, there are some teams out there that already know their coaching staffs. For instance, like when we played the Titans last year in that playoff game, I said, I know Coach Rabel. I knew that I knew the uh, Patriots would be sort of that way. Like they're gonna throw some many wrinkles 
it's kind of like Joe Burrow playing against Lou Anaromo. Right. That's why I don't want to see I don't want to see Lou go anywhere because <laughs> there are a few of these coaches they're going to give you multiple looks um, and they can really muddy the waters in terms of what the quarterback is seeing. And sometimes it takes a while to diagnose some of the things in the way that defenses are rotating and what they're doing to you, especially. And so that's why it may take some time to get cooking. Um, there are other times when Joe figures guys out immediately. Um, it's kind of like reading their mail, you know, and <laughs> say, like, yeah. once he figures it out, he's got you and you're done. Right. I used to see that when I was calling games for CBS, I would see that with Tom Brady. I would see that with Drew Brees and Peyton Manning. Peyton right. was one of the best at it. This is the youngest quarterback that I've ever seen mimic a lot of those attributes at an early stage in their careers. This is the youngest I've ever even seen it with, with, with those quarterbacks that I just mentioned. Solly, uh, defensively against Buffalo, like you mentioned about Lou Anarumo with what he does in the back end, how he disguises and, and confuses, disguises, disguises coverages and confuses quarterbacks as a result. And with these mobile quarterbacks and Josh Allen fit that bill, the Bengals are doing that mush rush stuff, you know, again, and, and making sure they never lost contain. They never got a distortion in their rush. And they had Josh Allen con contained and controlled. And now he's looking downfield and he's pumping it. I'm not sure. Uh, I don't know, you know, and, 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 and you know, you got him. Now let's fast forward to Kansas City, Mahomes, uh, a gimpy Mahomes. Uh, you might not have to spy as much as you thought you might with Mahomes now at the quarterback position. And if you must rush him and take that, you think it'll be the same type of thing that they tried to do, that they did successfully with Josh Allen, they'll try to do against Mahomes? Yeah, I, you know, I think um, what they won't do is you don't have to blitz him um, because that kind of clears it up for him right away. Right. And you're saying get the ball out of your hands quick. I think you're okay with him holding the ball a little bit now, right? Yeah. Yep. And bringing that rusher a little bit later, sort of adding him to the mix later. We've seen Lou do a little bit of both in the past, right? Yep. Yep. Um, I, I love what we call that green dog spy. Um, you may have the back. If the back stays in and block, now we add you to the rush. Yep. A, beat, a beat later while you're using the mush rush to control and contain him in the pocket. You already know which way you want to force them um, or you want to force them to step up. Then you go ahead up the field and you add that blitzer coming right up the gut. Uh, there's a lot of different ways to do that, but I think you could see more of that. I, you got to definitely take away the deep shots down the field. Um, and so it's okay to, to play some quarters coverage, play some cover two. Um, and then I play some, even some two man, have the safeties over the top, and then you can go man underneath. Right. And and then look to uh, maybe add late pressure or a late rusher uh, to the mix to get after Mahomes. I, I like to be able to disrupt his timing and not allow him to stay back there too long and hold it and read it. As you know, after a certain point, you hold it too long, coverage can break down. We can't, we can't, we can't cover them all day, Dave. Right. We can't, you know, right. Sooner or later, somebody's right. going to shake loose. So you ultimately is going to have to get them. I don't see him running away from the likes of Hubbard. This is a game that's built for Trey Flowers, so I hope we have yep. him back in rotation today. He's he's yep. an exceptional uh, matchup against uh, Travis Kelsey. He he, is. he that's that's why he's on this team. You're you and right. I both know that to You're take right. away the athletic tight ends like a Darren Waller or a Travis Kelsey.
So the Bengals were so balanced, Solly, against uh, the Buffalo Bills in terms of play selection and, and really getting off to that great start, added that immeasurably. They, they ran it 34 times and threw it 36. Now the, the, the Bills fall behind 14 zips, so they only run it 19 times and throw it 42. The Bengals had 13 first downs rushing, 14 first downs passing. It can't be more balanced than that. Buffalo, four first downs rushing, 14 passing for the reasons we just said. You know, they get that 14 nothing lead. Mm-hmm. Do you think that it's vitally important for the Bengals to have – I'm not saying go out and rush for another 170 yards against the Kansas City Chiefs, but you have to have – particularly that help that offensive line big time to anchor that line of scrimmage, rushing for 170-plus yards. Got to do it again against Kansas City? Yeah, I think I think it does multiple things, right? Yeah. Um, it protects your offensive line from putting right. them in what we call the that known situation of pass blocking. Mm-hmm. We average against the Bills over six yards per uh, per play on right. first downs. Right. So that means we were looking at third and medium, third, second and medium, third and medium or short. So we always stayed in that real good balance of being able to do either or to keep defenses off balance, which means your your offensive line is you can't pin your ears back and come after the quarterback. So that protects a vulnerable offensive line in way of its pass protection, right. uh, just because you eliminate, you're creating more doubt um, for the defense and they can't be overly aggressive and just pin their honest. ears back. That's yeah, right. Honest, yeah. Uh, I, I think it also goes a long way into, uh, it, particularly when you're playing against the Mahomes and the Chiefs. You're playing keep away. You and I both know the best defense against Patrick Mahomes is keep him standing next to Andy Reid on the sideline. You right. know, <laughs> he can't score when he's standing over there, can he? And so we won these games, particularly late against Kansas City, by playing keep away. It wasn't necessarily by chasing points. As much as you were logging more snaps, you were stealing time of possession. Yep. You were stealing, limiting their possessions, holding on to the football while still scoring. And then at the end of game, we don't need to score anymore. We just need to run that clock out and, and not give Mahomes the ball back. We did that multiple times, um, and that's how we've been able to beat them. So that's where the run game truly does factor in, our ability to – to win that battle in the time of possession, play keep away from Mahomes, limit their opportunities to score while optimizing uh, the time when we do have the ball and paying it off down inside the red zone. So do you think on the flip side of that, and, and this this was the thing that stunned me in the uh, championship game last year when the Bengals were rushing three and dropping eight and, and the Chiefs were playing with the lead and they never ran the ball. The way the Bengals were playing defense, and they never, and I'm thinking, boy, Andy, he's like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna beat you with Mahomes, and I'm gonna beat you with Kelsey. I don't care. I'm gonna do it, you know. And it's like, man, why didn't you run the football? Do you think with a, a limited Mahomes physically and some things that they're dealing with, do you think they will try to run the football a little bit more? Or do you think they'll be, this is who we are, and this is what we're gonna do? Yeah, I, I do think they've leaned into that a little bit more. This, this Isaiah Pacheco. Yeah, this get this dude runs hard. He's Ugh. quick. He's quick and he's darting. Yeah. Um, you know, I think he could be a handful. In fact, I, the the bet the thing about them that concerns me the most is he and Jarek McKinnon. Yep. McKinnon can run it. He can catch it out of the backfield. Right. This guy's always been good in our league. I remember him when he was in Minnesota. He was with the 49ers, but he was hurt every year 
Um, they had to move on because he was literally his very first year in training camp. He got hurt, never fully recovered there, never got to be 100% again. Then when I saw the uh, uh, the, the Chiefs pick him up, I said, oh, this guy, he, he's the kind of running back Eric Bieniemy loves. The kind of guys that are all muscle. Yeah. Um, you can't tackle them. First guy, first guy's never going to get them on the ground. And that's McKinnon. That's Isaiah Pacheco. Uh, these guys are really good. They're they're going to be a handful, and I'm more concerned about those guys than I am any of their receivers. Yeah, uh, I think that if you prioritize, you got to stop Kelsey, but then you got to be worried about these running backs. Agreed, a hundred thousand percent. And let me ask you, Solly, how does a guy like Pacheco that runs a sub four four forty go in the seventh round? I mean, what? It's unbelievable. Unbelievable. Hey, hey there's a lot of people <laughs> that. I, when it comes to picking players and understanding what works at this league, I'm telling you a lot of people, I don't, I don't know where it, uh, my, my good friend, Bill Polian calls it the draft industrial complex. <laughs> he said, like there's a lot of people who've infiltrated this business of, of uh, telling us who can and can't play and why this guy should be drafted here. And I, it's just, it's a lot of opinions and a lot of people who have never done it. Um, but you know, I think people get caught and trapped into prototypes. They don't want to take running backs in the first round. And if they do, he's better have height, weight, size measurables, right? Running back is about two things, your toughness and your elusiveness. Mm -hmm. The first guy should never be able to first unblocked defender should never be able to tackle. If you, if in this league, you got to make the first unblocked defender miss hooker, hooker crook. I don't care if it's with stiff arm. I don't care if it's with move and shake like Barry Sanders. However it is, you got to do it. That first guy cannot get you on the ground. And right. if that guy, I don't care if he's at Timbuktu University, <laughs> if, he may, if he's doing that when I watch the tape, yeah. I, I, oh, yeah, and he got my attention. Right. And because, and then when the second and third guy get there, they're turning it down. They don't want any parts of the guy. Yeah. So so that that part of it is so very important. And then you want to know, okay, how well do they know and scan for protection? Can they catch it coming out of the backfield? There's some other things, but but those those critical two things, the toughness, because when one day you might get there and the yards are coming hard, we can't get them all blocked. Are you going to keep bringing it? And do you wear down defenses over four quarters, or do they wear you down? So all that's right. where that toughness comes into play, and then the ability to be elusive and make people miss. I remember Chuck Foreman. Uh, I was talking, you remember the great Chuck Foreman with the Vikings. Oh, yeah. sure. This guy was, uh, he was rookie of the year when he came to the league in 77. Um, and he was with the Vikings, just a great player. I played for the Vikings. He got to know Chuck really well. He was talking to me. He says, you know, I remember after my rookie year, I had one rookie of the year. Bud Grant called me and said, look at you, Chuck. You see how you make all these guys miss? Look, ooh, oh, look at this spin move. It's so beautiful. You made that guy miss. He says, now look, Chuck, I'm going to tell you. One day maybe seven, eight, 10 years from now, we're going to bring you back into our office and you ain't going to be able to make that first guy miss anymore. <laughs> in fact, you, they're going to get you on the ground every time. Don't make us come to you and tell you that the game has passed you by. Well, just just call us friends and just let's agree that it's time to go. <laughs> it's like, it was hilarious. I thought it was, a, it was just a wonderful way of basic. That's how coaches are. They're evaluating every year and, the, the good running backs, 
when they're really on top of their game, they don't have a problem making guys miss. Right. But then when they're not on top of their game, the first guy get them on the ground, they want to blame the offensive lineman. They want to blame the receiver for missing a block. Bruh, you used to be able to make that guy <laughs> miss with regularity. All we know is you can't do that anymore. Don't make us come tell you right. that you that this is not for you. Just, <laughs> you know, let's stay friends. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's a great story. Speaking of a problem, you said that's a, that's a problem referencing not being able to make guy miss uh, guys miss as a running back. Let's talk a little uh, Kansas City Chiefs defense. And Chris Jones is our problem. And he can play inside. He can play outside. Yeah. He can play on either side of the inside or outside. He, he is something special. Talk to me a little bit about what you think about him and the Chiefs' defense. Give me some of your thoughts in that regard. Uh, yeah, they've got they've got some guys. I, I love Chris Jones. I oh. mean, this guy, um, he's like the second coming of of uh, Fletcher Cox. Yeah. yeah, who you know that now I got Fletcher here. I got yeah. Chris Jones right here, but he in the he in the neighborhood, if you know what mm -hmm. I'm saying. Mm -hmm. And uh, he can he can flat out bring it. He can wreck your game. You've got to win the, the leverage battle, but you're going to have to bring it for four quarters to beat them. Um, it's a shame they don't have the consistency um, at the edge rushers. They got some guys who can who can bring it. Um, and uh, every now and then they rise up and they start to be able to make plays. But uh, I think they're lying. They're really good. Um, but we've we face better. I mean, think about on the in terms of the edge rusher, you yep. know, you yeah. asked me where I rather face this group of coming off the edge, or would I rather play against Miles Garrett? I'd say ah, I'd rather play this group, right? Agree. Uh, and so uh, I think defensively, I don't think they match up to us as as very well. I don't, I I don't think that they can um, say rightfully we got somebody for Jamar Chase, we've got somebody for T Higgins, yep. we've got somebody for Joe Mixon and Hayden Hurst and Tyler Boyd. I, no, I, I think this is the reason why we've been able to win these games because um, they're well coached. You know that, and I know that. Sure. All of these games came down. I think we've – all three of them. Why, we might be 3-0. and oh, We've won every one of them by three points, right? Yeah. 34-31 yeah. uh, regular season uh, last year, 27-24 uh, each of the last two times we played. Yep. Came down to the very last possession. Um, and so they're very close. The margin is razor thin. But I do think offensively, um, I think we they've got good corners. They've got mm -hmm. good safeties. They've got good linebackers and good defensive linemen. I, I think we match up very well with them. I, I really, truly do. I think matchups make make the fight. It makes the games. And while you can look at their record over the course of, you know, a span of time and look at our record and say, wow, Chiefs are the better team. That's how they get to host five straight AFC title games, right? Right, right. But when there are certain times, it's like fighters, two boxers, right? Styles make fights. I, I think we got, I think we have the right ingredient to match up very well against the Kansas City Chiefs. I agree. I think they have to play zone. I I, I don't see them oh, yeah. playing. I don't see no them any man. I don't, I don't see that. And, yeah. and, and when Spagnola has blitzed, Joe Burrow says, <laughs> Bad he decision, coach. Bad decision, you know? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so let me get you out of here on this, Solly, and appreciate you giving us the time you gave us because I know you're busy as all get out, and and but I could talk football with you forever and love talking <laughs> football with you. If you had to boil it down to a key or two, 
in this football game? Give me Solomon Wilcox's key to success for the Bengals against the Chiefs. Um, you know, when we attack them, uh, we've got to protect the ball. That's the that's the real key is just sometimes, and I love the way Joe Burrow plays because he's a guy that plays under control. He manages the game really well. Mm-hmm. He mm-hmm. manages every opportunity, every situation. Um, and so the real key for our offense is having everyone on the same page with Joe Burrow. There are times when our receivers, they drift, and then the ball's here and it gets tipped up. Next thing you know, it's an interception. Or uh, we don't get the offensive, the defensive lineman. We don't make them get their hands down. They tip a ball at the line of scrimmage, and then they end up getting a pick. Oh, those few moments, you remember even in the Ravens game where we had a fake screen over to Jamar and we got T. Higgins. He comes free and Joe kind of just gets a little bit too much on it and airmails yep. it, right? Yep. yep. Those are the differences between games being close and us pulling away. I, mm-hmm. There are moments in games where you could tell we have moments to pull away and we miss on those moments. And now it, the game ends up being close. We'll still win it. But those are these critical moments, particularly in the playoffs and in games like this, where we're going to have an opportunity. I really do believe we're playing at that level. We're confident. Um, only I, I really do feel like right now only we can beat ourselves. That's I'm not that's not being disrespectful to the Chiefs at all. Right. But I just believe that this team is so confident. They're so good. They're so well coached. That right, that now we've got to just make sure that we dot the I's and cross the T's and that we keep clicking. So if we're operating in sync with one another, if we're connected, right, quarterback and receiver, running back, hitting, waiting for that pool block to kick out, and then hitting it up in there, not getting there too soon. Uh, if we're connected like that, man, we're going to be clicking. On defense, if we got the uh, rush where we just got to contain them, and don't get overly aggressive and get too far up the field. Just those little details. If in our secondary, we don't peek in the backfield on a slug up, on a slant route, right? And go getting greedy. They won't throw the ball over our heads. I'm telling you. that's So it's those little finer, um, real details, those disciplines that ultimately determines games uh, of this magnitude when both teams, remember I told you the margins are that thin. Yeah, That's what decides who wins and who loses. Well said, Solly. And from a man who played in the Super Bowl himself, understands the game of football. And again, can't thank you enough for joining us because I know you get pulled in a bunch of different directions by a whole <laughs> bunch of different people. <laughs> hey, it's a it's a busy time, but it's fun. Um, you know, it was good for me to come off the road. You know what that, that life yeah. is like, Dave. I get to do it all from from the home office, but I still get to cover the sport that I love and talk about the game that I love. And, right. and I still, you know, hell, I'm still wanted, I guess. Right. That's, oh, that's, that's always a good thing to be in demand as opposed to sitting by the phone and it not ringing. So, you know, I even got to connect with my good friend, Dick LeBeau last week. And oh my Jeez. goodness, did Jeez. we have, did we have a great time? And yeah, I'd love to get him into the building down there. And, and uh, he's just, He's a good person to have around our players. I I think it would be a treat. And he's what eighty six now, Solly. Yeah, yeah, eighty six years young. He probably looks like he's fifty. 
And he's and he's still he's still better than all of us. <laughs> he's something else, man. Something else. Well, you're the best. Appreciate you, Solly. Thanks very right. much. Thank you, Dave. Thanks for having me. At First Star Logistics, we're a very strict company that really puts the pressure on our employees. Brakes? What are those? That's what I'm talking about, Icky. Get the body right, then the mind's right. You know, yeah. you know you gotta get that body right. That's right. right. Yes, sir. Become a star with a chance to earn the highest commission percentages in the industry as a freight broker agent. Check out FirstStarLogistics.com.